The Bloomington City Council has delayed a vote on a proposed $18 million housing project near downtown. The developers are asking for about $4.5 million in incentives, including TIF money, to build 24 townhomes and 48 apartment units. Last night, the divided council chose to delay its vote until June 12th amid debate about whether the city should require the developer to pay prevailing wages and if the project will alleviate a community-wide shortage of affordable housing. Rabi Osenka is one of the lead developers on the project. In this interview with WGLT's Ryan Denham, Osenga says he's hopeful despite the setback. I'm not going to lie, there's a little bit of disappointment. Um, We've been working on this project for over three years and um, actively with the city in through the TIF process for eight months. At the same time, I've got a lot of hope. I got to be honest, I I didn't uh, pursue becoming a real estate developer. (laughs) This is this is not my why. Um, But helping things and people reach their potential is my why. And so I trust our local government to make the decisions that are best for our community. And I believe that um, they'll do the work uh, to come together, to ask good questions, to to lean into the city staff uh, and TIF experts to, to understand what what, it, what we're really talking about here. And uh, ultimately, I, I, I trust they'll make the best decision for our community and, and uh, we'll respect that, uh, whatever it is. Am I understanding this correctly that um, you, you and your partner, you can wait until this, this mid-June meeting date for a decision, but anything beyond that, not so much. Um, can you kind of walk our listeners through your, your timeline and your, sure. your deadlines? So we do live in Illinois, so we have a hard winter. Uh, and so uh, that impacts construction considerably and so our our intent and 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 really we've built out a business plan that uh, is dependent on us getting started this fall probably the biggest is the tiff uh, district has an expiration date and so again we've built our business plan for this project based off of the amount of time that is left for tiff eligible reimbursements to be made available to us as a developer and so the clock has been ticking (laughs) before we even started looking at the project and is still ticking and so every uh, fiscal year that we miss of tiff eligibility uh, would make this no longer viable so initially uh, city staff described what you were looking to build as luxury apartments in townhomes uh, at Monday night's council meeting, a deputy city manager said, actually, no, they aren't luxury. He preferred to describe them as market rate uh, units. So what's the truth there? The truth is um, I used the word luxury in a proposal. <laughs> and it's a word that um, is more of a marketing word than a reality word of, of what we're actually building. I'll be honest, I'm not a great wordsmith. <laughs> and so this, this one's my fault. What we're just trying to build here is um, based off of the housing market analysis study that was done in April of 2022 by the EDC. And um, they specifically um, called out in that study uh, that with the exception of the one uptown circle building in Normal, there has been no new higher density infill development or greenfield development with higher quality design elements and competitive amenities. Based off of that study, that's that's really what we built our pro forma around is trying to meet that need specifically on this project. We're working on numerous other projects as contractors and developers both um, that meet other needs 
needs by the time we're completed with this project, it will inevitably place this in the higher end of the market. Um, uh, but we believe that there's a need for that. Do you think that making these types of units available, even you know, on the higher end, as you as you just said, do you think that does have a positive effect on the lower parts of the housing market? Do you think that opens up potentially those types of units as people move up the chain? I can't say that there's a direct correlation, um, but it is. this is a part of the puzzle. Uh, we believe there are people who are looking for other uh, alternatives to live in this community, some of which who are already living here in, in, in whatever form they're living, and some who are living outside of our community who desire to live here, that when we bring on these units or single family units in some of the new developments in town or 55 plus or affordable housing, any, any new unit that's brought on is going to create movement. And part of that is there are people who are wanting to move but they don't see what they're looking for, so they don't put their home up for sale, or they don't release their lease up to be occupied by someone else. And so we believe that any unit <laughs> added is part of the solution. So let's talk for a minute about, about who will be building this housing project yes. potentially. You know, Some of the opposition on Monday night centered around whether you as the developer should be required to pay prevailing wages. That type of thing should be put into the redevelopment agreement as a requirement. Is that a viable option for you, and, and why or why not? Here's the hard part when we talk about prevailing wage. There's this misnomer that anyone who is not a union shop are not providing fair pay and benefits and work culture to their employees. And I, I think that does a disservice. We here in central Illinois have a vibrant, <laughs> a vibrant labor force um, of both union and non-signatory contractors, uh, both of which who are brave, <laughs> who have stepped into a, into a hard uh, work, work with your hands, uh, work in, under tough deadlines, and, uh, and both have to still, whether union or non-signatory, abide by the laws and expectations that our municipalities have put forward. And so all we're asking for on this project and with all of the projects that we serve is the continued ability to invite both union and non-signatory uh, companies to participate here. We live in a capitalistic <laughs> culture and uh, economy. And, um, and at some point in time, if the costs exceed the value that uh, is needed for us to move forward, then, then there is no project. Tell me about this, how the project came about. Where did you see potential here that you wanted to, to proceed? Actually, that's a great word, potential. That's been a big word for me throughout my whole life and my career. It's something I feel like I'm not good at a lot of things, man, but helping others and organizations, people, things uh, reach their potential is just something I've always been really passionate about. Uh, I love redemption, and uh, and so pretty early on, this site became kind of in the mix of the conversations. Honestly, the city invited developers to look at it, and honestly, they engaged a really wonderful local architecture firm uh, called Workbench Architects to do some renders of what the site could be. And honestly, man, the first time I saw those renders, I was like, oh, wow, that could be so... Uh, meaningful for our downtown to be able to have these sort of Chicago style walk up townhomes. I just 
thought, man, it would be really neat if there's any way I could be a part of helping bring that into fruition. That's Robbie Osenga, one of the lead developers on the proposed $18 million housing project near downtown Bloomington. He spoke with WGLT's Ryan Denham. Osenga is also involved with the redevelopment of the former C2 East building downtown into the Northwestern Mutual building. That's a smaller project that's now nearing completion after some delays. He says Northwestern Mutual's staff is moving in next week.